Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Talks podcast. Welcome to this third podcast of using chronological Bible storytelling in preaching and disciple making. Uh, in our first broadcast, we gave the definition of chronological Bible storying and what the significance is because it's actually telling God's story of redemption of his people from Genesis through Revelation. And then we talked about the significance of that because so many people, church people in our contemporary culture, don't know that story. They know stories and they may know applications, but they don't get the the whole picture of what God's doing. And so in in the crisis that we're in right now, many Christians are ill-equipped to deal with the challenges because they're just not there spiritually and in their journey with God. So we talked about the value of chronological Bible story to put it all together. In the second podcast we had, we talked about the significance or being able to encourage pastors to understand that they can integrate chronological Bible story with expository preaching. In fact, it's an asset to the people because we live in a culture now that's much more visual and much more oral. And so as we unpack a Bible story, then it gives the opportunity for them to get that application as we also share the the truths of that passage uh, with an exposition of that passage. So it's just a, an opportunity just to expand ministry vision and then to understand how we can implement Bible storying with developing and making disciples and even moving the church forward to be a disciple-making, uh, to having a disciple-making culture. I'm really excited. Our guests, uh, we have three guests, Brandon Carroll, who is the president of Indigenous Amazon Ministries, Ralph Clement, who is the preaching elder at Cornerstone Community Church, Montgomery, Texas. And for this third session, I'm very excited because we have Andrew Beto, who is the pastor of Oak Ridge Baptist Church, San Antonio, Texas. Also uh, with us is Dr. Roland Lopez, who is the uh, associate director of the San Antonio Baptist Association focused on church development and church planting. So. Thank you guys for joining with us. This is our third podcast. Last week, we discussed how to integrate Bible storytelling into expository preaching and to assist congregations to visualize and unpack biblical truth through the message. Tonight, uh, this afternoon, we want to focus on using Bible storytelling as a method to develop and sustain disciple-making culture in the organic church and also in the virtual digital church, because some dynamic things are happening uh, as a result of this pandemic. Churches are not, uh, not very many churches are meeting together in the campus right now. And so many churches are going online. And what they're discovering is they make that transition to online presentations and worship a number of people are joining in digitally to participate as worshipers. And so as we looked at that as an association, it was almost like John chapter four, 
when Jesus said to the disciples, look out for the fields are white unto the harvest. And we're seeing that God is bringing people into our sphere of influence. And so I've talked to some pastors. Some have said, you know, normally we average 125, 130 in worship. But now that we're online, we're having upwards to 500 people joining us. And so that's more than anybody we've been able, able to have before. And what, what do we can do with these people? What can we do next? So at the, the association, we're looking at developing what we're calling virtual church, which is to take Bible story, chronological Bible story, and develop a pathway for people to join in that storying process and uh, invite them to join with us and just see what we can do in sharing the gospel with them through the Bible storying process. So what I want to talk about today, as we look at the status of where the people of God are, if there's any time for us as believers and the church of Jesus Christ to find ourselves a salt and light in this uh, confusion, now is that time because we find ourselves engaged with angry, confused, chaotic, haughty, and rebellious people. But as we look at them and what we bring to this engagement with them, uh, as we looked at earlier in our two earlier podcasts, and we consider there's, some, there's four things that I want to just hear from you three guys about from your perception of these four uh, things that I think what you're saying to us about the value of Bible story and uh, just make comments about those four things and then kind of encourage us in the way ahead. So as I listen to your insight and I look forward to, to your input now, here's what I think you've said up to this point. Chronological Bible story provides our congregants an understanding of the story of God's redemptive purpose from Genesis to Revelation. Um, Andrew, you're, you just joined with us. How do you see that working out? Uh, well, it's been my experience that um, most, that the level of biblical literacy among um, church-going Baptists um, is significantly lower than what we would hope or, uh, you know, what most of us are looking for. Um, we have several generations of people that have been exposed to some, um, some discipleship methods that are either uh, just bad or badly applied. Uh, and I think each of all of us can, can think back to, uh, to uh, some really bad, you know, Sunday school programs that we've seen or been involved in. And I think the result of that is that you have a lot of people that don't understand what what the story of scripture is, right? They can, they can tell you specific verses. Maybe uh, they understand uh, a couple of stories here and there, but they have no idea what the scope of that looks like. And chronological Bible storying um, for someone who has been in the church helps to connect all of those different components together and puts them in the appropriate context so that, the the full story of 
a creation, fall, uh, you know, redemption and uh, and restoration that all kind of comes together uh, in a in a coherent package. And when it's done well, it can it can go a long way towards deepening the uh, just the 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 spiritual life and devotion to Christ to the people that participate in it. Yeah, and Ralph, as a pastor, how do you see that as well? Yeah, I, I agree with Andrew and being in the church for a number of years, um, you know, you've you've seen disciple making go in different directions. And, and I'm really thankful for a lot of what I'm seeing now of intentionality to it, um, because we do have a lot of people that come into the church um, and, and those that have been there that do not have that foundation. And so I think one of the things that chronological Bible storying uh, does is it, it, it really gives hope, right? And it's not just hope that's abstract um, thinking. It's actually hope that's rooted in the, the lives and, uh, of real people. And, and that's one of the, the values of telling the story is, is that people can resonate with what's going on um, with those people. And then, so it's life on life, if you will, between that biblical story and then their personal life. And they can, you can help apply that truth, um, to whatever they may be going with through that applies with that situation. And so, um, we have a, a really big task at hand, if you will, uh, people who think they know, but don't. And, storytelling is a good way of bringing them a good foundation to build upon for their maturation process. Yeah. Amen. Good. Uh, so Brandon, what, what would be your uh, take on this that uh, it, it provides an understanding of the story of God's redemptive purpose from generation to, from, excuse me, from Genesis to revelation. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I, it, my point would go to point three, one point we're going to talk about here in a minute. But if I'm a pastor and I want my people to go reach out in the community and to evangelize and disciple, I want them to know the full picture uh, so that they'll so that they won't make mistakes along the way. Um, I think the other thing, too, is when I understand it in the full picture of the, the chaoticness of what's going on in the U.S. today and around the world is um, not only understanding what I've been saved from, but what I've been saved to. And so God's redemption story just isn't uh, about a future plan, us having abundant life today. And, and so what is God's, what, how does God's redemptive story apply to today as well? Um, and I think, as, as Andrew said, the biblical literacy um, is very low, you know, and even in our context in, in Iquitos, as I said, with pastors who didn't even have a basic understanding of the attributes or character of God. Um, so if I'm going to, to present God to people, um, I want them to, to have a complete uh, the, the understanding of, of the God that they're following. Um, so that's, that's what I would add. Um, for us to be able to to effectively communicate to them so that they can effectively communicate to others. Yeah, Brandon, just stay with me because you kind of, there's a great segue to the next, the next point. Through Bible storying, we're able to apply the biblical truths 
of those stories that lead to the development of mature Christians who practice spiritual disciplines as a way of life. So yeah. if you just kind of comment on that, I think that was a great segue. Would you just as a great segue that uh, the storying leads people to appropriate in their daily life the disciplines of being a Christian, of being an authentic disciple of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. So go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, you know, one of the things for just, you know, I'm speaking for my context in the Amazon um, is what, what, what has happened with the pandemic is we're actually seeing how mature the people that we've discipled really are, right? And, and I, th- I think one of the things that's happening is, is we're seeing people um, using their experiences to interpret the Scripture because they're not well-grounded in the stories of Scripture instead of the Bible interpreting what's happening to me and me gra- being grounded in that, we're saying, well, because I've experienced this, the Bible, this must be true in the scriptures. And, it, and to, be, to be honest, Frank, it's, it's absolutely incredible to see the maturity level um, of believers just because of, of the chaoticness of life today. And so we can, we can see and determine or measure um, the, effect of, the effectiveness of what we've taught them. Um, so we're seeing who is truly mature in Christ and who, who is not mature that needs to grow in their walk and understanding uh, of the scriptures. And it may be that we need to walk back through there with them or walk back through the stories with them again, uh, because we're seeing a lot of fear and we're, we're seeing very little trust in God. And so I think because of, because of outward influences and things we can't control, we're, we've lost our trust in God and his redemptive plan for humanity. Um, and so that, that's what I would say to that. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that leads to, and, and Ralph, I'm going to ask you to speak to this, to just follow on with that thought of once we apply the biblical truth to the stories, it opens up the pathway uh, and we begin to practice those spiritual disciplines, whatever you want to call them, biblical pathways as a way of life, then we see maturity. And so uh, I, I, what we're trying to help people understand, and I appreciate what you said, Brandon, Jesus was pretty clear. He said, follow me. And, and so, Ralph, when you think about that and you're working as a pastor with your congregation, how do you, how do you see this? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, let me let me give you a story. I know this is in Peru uh, that this happened, but the, the principle is the same in, in storytelling. It, and it's this, that I'll never forget, we were sharing um, a story with a group of people, um, the Mahunas, and I don't even remember what story we were talking about, but we were talking about um, a, as, a, as a child of God, being obedient uh, to that. And so we've already walked through all of these stories of the faithfulness of God to the, you know, people who were obedient. Abraham was obedient and David's obedience and all these different characters throughout the Bible. And so we were talking about that. And, and, and I'll never forget uh, the truth of obedience and discipline resonating with this group. And it hit them almost like, I don't know if you remember this, Brandon, but it was like, oh, we get drunk. We're not supposed to get drunk. So we don't do that anymore. We weren't even talking about drinking. It was, it was a, it was a, a understanding of this is what the Bible is teaching me. 
that as a life in Christ, I live in obedience to him and I walk in that, in those spiritual disciplines. And, and, and it just came across to them in the story. I've, I've, I've worked with men here in the States and, you know, I'm, I'm walking through, you know, a story with them and, and, and it's, and it's almost like, it's just it, it, the, the truth of the story comes out and it says, Oh, well, that, that's the story of Jesus being baptized. I've never been baptized. I need to be baptized. What does that look like? And so walking through that with them and helping them understand. And so, um, you know, that, that's what I would say is, you know, it, there's so much that can go into this developing those stories for people to help them um, begin to walk in repentance and faith in Christ. And then the, the means of grace, you know, those things that we call spiritual disciplines, those means of grace then start coming out of us in, in God's faithfulness. Amen. Great. Andrew, go ahead and share from your perspective as a pastor, how do you see this impacting the, uh, the development of maturity in a Christian life? Well, I, I think that you want to say that by and large, my experience has been the quality of um, discipleship material that is out there that is at the that, that's that's available for churches is pretty poor. Um, it is geared towards a style of learning that most of our folks don't put the effort into, um, and. I think that's because most of the time it's made for highly literate people. And most of our people are functionally illiterate. Um, and I, I think that's where chronological Bible storying comes in uh, because I think that I can give somebody a book and ask them to, to like circle things and underline things and fill in the blanks and, and they won't do it. And they won't engage with it. But if we just start reading from scripture, right. And we just start, telling the story of scripture, it holds people's attention and it's life changing. And I think that, you know, we, we have a similar experience, right? We went and, and uh, Brandon dragged me to the middle of the jungle to go, you know, hang out with the Ashenica. And, you know, that was really, uh, it was a, a, a traumatic experience for me. I'm just kidding. It was really, it was great. We had a good time, um, you know, without a toilet for a week, but anyway, that's definitely <laughs> over there. Um, but, you know, we, we went through, these are people that had been uh, discipled. These are people that had, I uh, had the word preached to them and they had, the guy that was with him had had basically been preaching through Matthew for like eight years or something like that. And, and uh, they had no concept of what was outside of, uh, of Matthew. They had no idea what the context was. And when we began to lay this stuff out for them, it like light bulbs began to go off and things that we all take for granted. They were like, Oh, so uh, Paul is Saul. What? But he was an enemy. Like, yeah, that's the whole point of that story, man. Like, yeah, it's life change, you know, and and just tying these things together and 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 making that connection between, you know, the the serpent in the garden and, and you know, and then the one who crushes his head. Yeah, that's Jesus. Man, that blew their mind. It was like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can if we can regain that sense of wonder as we study scripture, if we can, if we can inculcate that sense of wonder in people, then they will cherish scripture. 
And, and I think that this speaks to the, the whole question of evangelism. I think that, you know, we have a problem in the American church with evangelism. I think, I think the statistic out there is like one person shares their faith for every 80 church members we have. Right. So like we're not evangelizing. Well, we're not evangelizing because we don't know the gospel. We, we know we had an experience. We know that, you know, our heart was touched. We know Jesus loves us and has a wonderful plan for our lives or whatever means that was there to, to be saved. But we don't understand what this looks like. And we're absolutely not confident in being able to express it to somebody from a culture that is hostile. When we begin to give people a full and complete user level set of stories, well, now they're empowered to be able to share their faith because they understand their faith. Is that your Andrew, question? you are so good. You guys are so great because you guys, I'm, I'm looking at uh, these four principles that, that Dr. Lopez and I were pulling out from some of the stuff you were saying. And I'm saying, okay, you know, you made a great segue from number one to number two. And Andrew, what you just said, the third thing that I would like to hear you guys' comments are, Chronological Bible storytelling equips believers as evangelists to effectively communicate the gospel message with confidence. So I think that is that what you were trying to say? When we kind of see the whole picture. Yeah, if you don't know the gospel, right? If all you know is, um, if you just know a couple of disjointed scriptures, um, if you know, uh, you know, a couple of kind of feel good sermons and, uh, and a lot of stuff that you don't really understand because it's been taught to you out of context, you will not be confident to share the gospel because you don't understand the story. You don't understand how, you know, if, if, if we, if Genesis is simply a book that disproves evolution, right? Then if that's your only experience with Genesis, then you have no idea how to use that in evangelism. But if you understand that it, that it, it paints all of these themes that reoccur later, the themes of atonement and themes of, of propitiation and rebellion and faith, and you understand how those things are tied together, then you can share that with somebody and you can weave that into the presentation of the gospel. Yeah, Andrew, you know, I'm an old guy, and uh, I was listening to what you were saying, and Ralph, I'm going to ask you to speak to this. I'm from that generation that grew up on evangelism was four spiritual laws and evangelism explosion, which was you knew four or five verses in the Roman road to salvation, and that was enough. But if you don't have, and, and I'm going to let Ralph speak to this, if you don't have the foundation of the whole story, then you can't tell the whole story. And it's more than just a testimony. Uh, so Ralph, if you would just kind of follow on with Andrew was saying, and then just kind of what I shared too, and put it all together. I like that excitement there, Beto. Uh, I, I, and I agree because I think so many times we've always been taught, where do we start, right? We start with Jesus and, and we have no idea why we even need Jesus. Right. I mean, there, there is no there's nothing behind that that says, hey, there here's the lostness of man in Genesis. Here's and, and here's what lostness means because of Genesis one and two. Right. And so we don't put that into the gospel. 
And so our evangelism is defective from the beginning. I didn't say that out loud to a bunch of people, but that's just what it is when we start thinking about it. And then getting people to memorize, I'll never forget, man. I, I was like new and, and green and they wanted me to do this thing called faith. I got so messed up trying to memorize that thing that I didn't even know how to spell faith anymore when I'm trying to witness to somebody. I'm putting the I before the A. And I'm like, this is not evangelism. You know, the evangelism ought to be something that is just pouring out of us from a knowledge base of Scripture. And that's what storytelling does for us. It gives us the foundation that then the overflow of our heart is pouring out to people that says, hey, there is a God. We are in rebellion against him. You know, and then it walks you through that. And then there is an answer to that rebellion that we have. And so it puts the story in. And I love what, you know, so many guys have written on. It's not just memorizing. It's learning the story. You're not just memorizing a story for the sake of memory. You're learning that story and you're learning how that applies. And you're able to do that as you're talking to people uh, about the gospel. Amen. Brandon, I'm going to ask you to kind of lead out in this fourth statement that uh, Bible story, chronological Bible story, provides the foundation for Christians to understand and explain Christian apologetics that sustains that Christian worldview. I mean, I know that's a mouthful, but I think what we're trying to communicate is if you know the stories, then you know what's behind the stories and you understand a Christian worldview in, in comparison to what the world is all about. So if you want to speak to that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in, in our context of an animistic culture, I'll, I'll share a story after. Um, but, you know, one of the things is that these guys have a, have a worldview of um, a spiritual, well, they have a, a, a worldview of a spiritual world, but it's warped, right? And so it just needs to be taken into a Christian worldview of how we see the spiritual world, right? Um, and so as we work along in the second story of our set, and, and I know Ralph and, and Andrew have both been with us, because of these tribes living fear to spirits, um, once we tell them, Here, here's God who has created everything, he's He's the only one that's all powerful, all knowing, and all present. And then we get to the we get to the second story of the war in heaven, and and so God had created these spirits called angels, and these angels rebelled against Him, and so God casted them out of heaven. Well, they begin to have a worldview now of of these spirits that they believe in, where they came from, but they no longer have to live in fear to them. The and so we, we, we got them hooked on the second story, right? Um, and they follow with us this whole time. The other thing that happened, we were, we were out in the Atchwar tribe um, last year. And one of, the, one of the big problems in the Atchwar tribe is abortion. And we didn't know before we went. Um, and so as, as we, we worked through the story sets with him, about creation and that we're created in the image of the God, the question came up, okay, is it okay to abort, abort babies now? So we're, it's not like we're forcing the issue with them because if we force the issue with them and we don't let scripture deal with it, then they're going to kick us out or they're going to kill us and eat us. Like 
That's just part. That's part of the deal. So we we allow scripture to deal with it, and just like Ralph had said, we're we're forming their worldview through the stories. Like we're we're changing, or their their world, the spirit of God is changing their worldview. And so the question came up: Is it okay to abort babies? Well, we went back to the original scripture. We went back to the stories that they had learned about creation, and it dealt with the issue. And you could just see their eyes open. And so we, we don't have to force the issue as, as we've been talking about the theology or the apologetics and, and the Christian worldview comes through the stories as we teach them. Right. Um, and so we, we have to let the spirit of God and the word of God do the work and not force the issue. And I think, I think that's where we've gotten into so many problems is opinions versus the word of God and what it really says to us. So that, that's how I would answer that. Yeah, great. Thanks, Brandon. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, jump in. Well, you know, I was going to say that I think that um, I think that part of the problem with a lot of the evangelistic tools that we have had in the past is that whether we like it or not, they assume uh, an understanding of, of Christianity. Uh, you know, the four spiritual laws and any of those things, all of them assume that a person feels sin and is looking for some kind of way to be saved from it. Um, in, in essence, a lot of our evangelistic tools that we had were made to get nominal churchgoers saved. That, that's what happened in my case. But I think that now we're dealing with people that don't even have, they don't have a Christian worldview. They don't have a, a worldview that can be spoken to uh, through uh, overtly theological uh, arguments. They're, they're people that need to be to have a a Christian worldview taught. They they don't know the stories. They don't understand the scope of Scripture. And I and I think that you know this is why chronological Bible storying works in uh, in in narrative illiterate cultures in the in the amazon and we need to realize that that's the culture that we live in now i mean brandon was talking about you know he he's talking to people in an animistic culture we live in an animistic culture right we, we our, our cultural assumptions are not fundamentally different from the cultural assumptions of the people that were that we're dealing with in the amazon and so in essence we have to in our own context, we have to teach these stories that most of these people don't know now. Yeah. Okay. Ralph, go ahead. Yeah. You know, one of the things, you know, that um, Daryl uh, Horn taught, taught us early on is, you know, you don't plow a stump before you need to. And um, one of the things that we learned real quick when it comes to um, thinking through that and, and with apologetics, you, you let the, the story, and I think Brandon hinted at this earlier, is that you let the the Bible do the work, and it's not up to it's not my opinion then, or what I think, or because I'm from an America, or I'm an American that this has happened, and even in our own culture. But I share a story with you um, quickly that our first trip into the Mahuna village, um, there was a guy there that was teaching a false uh, gospel. And the chief wasn't there when we got there. And when 
we Brandon, we all sat down and we were telling this, we got the gist of where this guy was coming from and, and his gospel is not our gospel. Right. And so we were about to have an issue where there's a guy in this village that has a worldview. He has a understanding of, of the Bible that is not biblical. And we're about to come in here and start teaching. So the chief shows up. I mean, this guy is hating us right now. Like I'm like, we're praying that we don't die. We're praying that the spirit of God would just move because the chief is not there who we got permission to come into the village from. Right. And eventually he shows up and, uh, th- and this is ingrained in my head. I'll never forget what he said to us. Cause we explained to him through Brandon that we're going to teach you something different than what this guy has taught. And he looked at us and this is what he said. Whether he's right or you're right, I don't know. I just want to know the truth. And so from that, all we did was start telling the stories from the Bible. Chronologically, systematically, just walking through those stories, telling redemptive history, right? And eventually, God does the work of salvation through that, and he changes their view. He changes their understanding. Instead of us coming in and attacking, we could have attacked this guy. We could have went, we could have brought out scripture against this guy that could have refuted it. It would have meant nothing to that culture because they don't have a theological understanding of what we were going to be uh, talking about. And so what, what we have to understand with chronological Bible story is it does the heavy lifting. We don't have to try to come up with these different you know, means of plowing up all these stumps that have been rooted in people's hearts and the culture and the mind. Just let the word of God do that. And as you do it, allow God's spirit to work through it. And, and, I, and I think that's one of the, the beautiful things uh, that God has made evident to me through storytelling is that, hey, let God's word do its work. You just be faithful to tell it. Amen. Hey, listen, Ralph and uh, Andrew and Brandon, thank you so much. As we conclude this podcast, uh, what, and we're going to go ahead and, and let you start, Ralph. What's one word of encouragement as we looked at uh, these four insights and as we talked about potentially looking at how to uh, reach the, the digital church, uh, the people who are coming into uh, our space and, and have an opportunity to, to, to share with them the gospel. What's one word of encouragement or guidance you'd like to share with pastors and those who are listening? I, I want to share my ministry verse. Second uh, Corinthians one twenty four um, says this, we do not lord it over your faith, but we labor with you for your joy. I think sometimes that as, as seminary trained men, we want to capitalize on all that. And sometimes, and we're not understanding where the people are that God has brought us to, to teach. And, and so I would just encourage us that, you know, we want to labor with our people for their joy in the Lord, that we would want to maximize their joy. And so in doing so, we should be open to all methods of helping people find their greatest satisfaction in Christ. And so that, that would be my, just my word of encouragement to you guys. If you're, if you're thinking about chronological Bible story and if you're like, Hey, I want to implement this, just, Hey, labor with your people for their joy 
in this and just be available to them to walk through that and let them experience Christ through the scriptures. Yeah. What was that, uh, that. The scripture, my brother? Second Corinthians one twenty four. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, Brandon, go ahead. Share with one word of encouragement or uh, guidance that you would like to share with those who are listening and participating. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, thanks for sharing that, Ralph. Um, I, I think so many times we do, we do lord it over them and, and as ministers and as a missionary going into a place for the first time or as a pastor, we just assume that they know these things. And, and so to, to just share the word of God, um, and like Ralph said earlier, why we want them to fall more in love with Jesus and they're going to fall more in love with Jesus, not because of what I say, but because we're, we're, we're presenting them with, right. So just allow God to speak through his story to them. Um, I think the other thing is, um, to be an effective communicator, I think this problem we talked about in the prior videos, understanding the crowd that I'm preaching to, because we're called to sow the word of God, but we got to till the soil first. Um, and so I, I don't, yeah, the other thing that I would say is just don't be discouraged as you do it, get the practice. Um, and, and you'll see that it's effective and you'll see the fruit of your labors through it. And then I just want to end with this. I think so many times we, we, we see evangelism as I've got to get them to this point before I can disciple them. But what we see through the stories is that I'm discipling them as I'm bringing them along, right? And so don't separate the two, but just say through the stories, they're, they're knowing more about God because I don't want them to accept God blindly. I want them to be able to make a rational decision. So that's what I would say. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Brandon. Andrew, you get to kind of wrap it up here. So what would be one word of encouragement or guidance to pastors and church leaders and those who are participating in this podcast? I think sometimes the, the response that we have to the chronological Bible storying um, is it's too simplistic. Um, it, it, we don't, feel like it's complicated enough or it doesn't really deal with, with theology enough. Uh, and, and I would say this, I, I would point to a quote by Martin Luther uh, when he said, um, uh, or at least it's attributed to him that, you know, we don't have to defend scripture. Scripture is a lion. All you have to do is open the cage and the lion can defend itself. Like sometimes all the gloss that we put on the scripture is is what distracts from what it really means. And if we can, if we can, you know, do what we're told to do, right. Uh, uh, if we can rightly handle the word of truth and, and connect that and demonstrate it, uh, you know, I, I will tell you just from my own background, right. Um, I grew up Episcopalian. I went to a, uh, went to a secular university, I had my mind all messed up in a history of Christianity class and it wasn't until my first semester of, uh, of New Testament at seminary when, when that professor did biblical theology and tied it all together. And if we can do that for people, then, then we allow Scripture out of its cage, and it, it will do the heavy lifting, right? Amen. So I would encourage pastors out there, um, you know, we are in a, we're in a difficult time. Stuff is hard. Uh, we're, planning, we're plowing granite. Um, but let the scriptures do the heavy lifting for you. Amen. 
Hey, thank you guys. Listen, I want to thank you for your participation in these podcasts. Uh, I think your comments, your insights provide some great direction and encouragement and insight for pastors and church leaders. So I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedules to join with us for these podcasts. The Lord bless you, bless your ministries. And we just pray the Lord uh, build a hedge around your families. Let's just uh, close with a word of prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the power of the word that you've given us, that this word truly is like a two-edged sword, that it cuts to the marrow, cuts to the heart. And uh, as we share with those people that you lead into our lives as pastors, as friends, as ministers, that we share with them the truth of your word, and we trust your Holy Spirit to do that which you do in transformation and restoration and healing and salvation. So, Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these podcasts. And we give you the praise and glory for what you're doing in the lives of these men and for what you're doing in the lives of pastors and church leaders throughout our association and even throughout our country. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.